I'm Mark Peterson, and this is Before, During, and After, a podcast from FEMA. For emergency managers across the country, the Emergency Operations Center, or EOC, can be home base. It's a place for de-conflicting challenges, finding solutions, and coordinating efforts to a host of emergencies facing their communities. For many, the EOC is also a physical location. But in recent years, jurisdictions are finding ways to make their EOCs virtual as well. To that end, in October 2022, FEMA released the EOC How-To Quick Reference Guide, which is a collection of guidance and best practices that can contribute to developing an EOC that can successfully meet the jurisdiction's needs. So on this episode, we go to FEMA's National Integration Center to learn more about the guide and how it can help communities increase EOC capabilities for evolving environments. Okay, so to talk about uh, FEMA's newest update to the EOC How-To Quick Reference Guide, we have uh, Hank Rowland from FEMA's National Integration Center. So, Hank, thanks so much for uh, spending a little time talking about emergency operations centers. Absolutely. Glad to be here. You know, before we got started, we were kind of talking a little bit about this. Tell me a little bit about, you know, sort of the evolution of this guide and and where we're at. I know this is an update to a previously released one. So what was the impetus for the original guide and, and how we've come to update it? Absolutely. So this really kind of goes all the way back to really 2017 and before that, um, as we were working on the, the refresh or kind of update of the National Incident Management System um, guidance document. Uh, one of the new things that were were added, eventually added into that 2017 NIMS, um, was, was talking more about emergency operations centers. Um, so, as it, with with a lot of those, uh, as we developed that it, it, through those discussions um, with EOC practitioners from from literally all over the country, um, we we had I think about 50 or more. Um, EOC practitioners, whether you know they were EOC managers, you know folks that worked in an EOC on a regular basis, um, actually come travel to Washington um, to to interview with our um, uh, one of our the project managers for NIMS, and kind of gathering all this information about EOCs. Um, so you know we we obviously there was so much that was gathered we couldn't fit it all into you know into that NIMS document. There there's some good information there. And a lot of, you know, the what is an EOC, but not a whole lot of necessarily the how and kind of filling in, you know, how do you, how do you, what do you do with this EOC now that you've got one? So um, one of the biggest things that that came out of that and, and continuing discussions with with regular working groups over the next few years, um, really into to 2018, 2019, and, and really into 2020, um, was, uh, it was, you know, looking for an EOC toolkit. Uh, you know, is there something where we can go as you know, as this EOC leadership, as uh, someone who works in an EOC, whether full time, part time, you know, what what is my role? What what does an EOC look like? So, one of the big pieces um, of this toolkit, and, and I can certainly talk more about the toolkit later. I've got some some information here about that. Um, this EOC how to quick reference guide was kind of um, sort of imagined as the sort of uh, the foundation of all of that, right? Uh, it, it clocks in. It's called a quick reference guide, but it clocks in. You know, a close to hundred pages. Um, but it really is kind of it's a a a fundamental and sort of uh, holistic look at you know from the from soup to nuts uh, of an EOC you know whether it's starting out designing one or whether you're you know you're coming in on day one so um, that's really sort of the the history of this it's been a long time in the making 
um, lots of lots of folks, stakeholders, and discussions with this. So um, that's really kind of a, a, I guess, sort of brief history there, Mark. Yeah, you know, Hank, uh, maybe let's just set the stage first because uh, I am quite cer- certain that any emergency manager that's listening to this right now knows what an emergency operations center is. But mm-hmm. uh, just maybe. S- describe uh, what an EOC is for uh, maybe the layman. I've been to a lot of emergency operations centers throughout the country, whether it's at the state level or at the local level, and they they vary in size and shape and, and, and things like that, but they have a lot of the basic components. So tell me about what an emergency operations center is intended to be. It's a, a centralized coordination point, you know, whether it's a physical space, um, virtual, um, you know, folks connecting, um, to bring together, you know, various uh uh, different components, um, you know, whether that's agencies, uh, organizations, um, within a jurisdiction for, um, you know, for any sort of incident, you know, whether it's a a, a, a hurricane coming ashore um, on the Atlantic coast, uh, you know, flooding in the Midwest, um, or even the the Macy's Day uh, Thanksgiving parade in New York, um, you know, a some of those big events, bringing together those uh, various agencies and, and you know partners that have um, could bring resources to bear. You know, a lot of times it'll be your your obviously police, you know. Police, uh, fire, uh, public health, um, you know, EMS, uh, things like that, um, just to bring all those together to be able to share and manage those resources during that incident. Those EOCs, you know, they're physically often a a physical location, but as you mentioned, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, they're virtual, but they, they can they can be kind of a permanent structure. Right. But then they can also be sort of stood up bringing in various components to uh, an emergency, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of places will have, will have those physical locations, you know, here in, or I'm at in, in FEMA headquarters, you know, DC's um, Homeland Security Management Agency has, you know, very large, sophisticated um, emergency operations center, but, you know, they are um, activated quite a bit, right. You know, for everything pretty much that happens, you know, involving, you know, one of the uh, the branches of government going on in D.C., you know, there's a quote-unquote incident every day, right, for them. So, I mean, and then it gets down to, you know, it could be just a, a few people getting together um, in a county somewhere where there's, you know, the the 100-year flood happens and, you know, there, there's no physical location set aside, but you still need to get those resource managers, resource owners together to figure out how you're going to respond to this. So given that, you know, you've worked on these uh, versions and this latest version of the Emergency Operations Center how-to quick reference guide, um, and and given that so many different jurisdictions have uh, have an emergency operations center of their own, you know who who is the intended audience for this guide, and and really it, with that audience in mind, what's the purpose? So the uh, the intended audience for this guide is really um, it kind of in a broad stroke is EOC practitioners. I, I think what you would really see the main focus of the audience would be your EOC leadership, right? Like so, whether that's an EOC manager or or perhaps you know even the, the emergency the, the the county state you know local emergency manager um, who is in charge of a, of an emergency operations center, um, just to kind of give them again those those basics of what it is and how you can set this up. Again, the purpose is sort of, as I mentioned, that fundamental guide, right? So kind of using the term a one-stop shop, um, you know, for that for that leadership, as well as, you know, some some good information for other folks that might be working at EOC as well. You know, it's a, if it's your first day and you're, hey, I'm assigned to EOC from the public health department, might be a good place just to take a look and say, hey, you know, what is an EOC? What does it do? 
So this information is, as I mentioned, you know, came from those stakeholders, uh, you know, going back to before 2017, um, a lot of working groups we put together, uh, practitioners from around the country um, working in EOCs. And what it really does is, is in a nutshell, is it's guidance to, um, again, it kind of, you know, soup to nuts, right? So that setup of an emergency operations center, um, how do you operate it, uh, you know, in a, in, you know, activate it and then operate it during an incident. Um, how to maintain it. So perhaps when it's deactivated, but, uh, you know, again, if you mentioned like a physical location, you've got to obviously maintain that physical location. And then, of course, to deactivate that EOC, um, you know, after uh, an incident may have passed, uh, you know, you need to, uh, you know, go back to your to your normal operation. So kind of covers, um, breaks out into those sort of different uh, steps. I guess you could say those are sort of large uh, uh, strokes there, the, the setup, operation, uh, maintenance, and deactivation of EOCs. Yeah, I really like how you kind of bucketed the different um, points of uh, EOC, maybe evolution, that the guide kind of uh, walks you through. I, I think that's great. And obviously, the guide spends a lot of time talking about the design of an EOC, but let's talk a little bit about what it discusses in terms of tools to develop uh, emergency operations center personnel. Yeah, absolutely. So another one of those is sort of pieces, or rather, I guess you say tools in the toolkit that, that that came out of those discussions in in 2017 and before was this idea of um, emergency operations center skill sets. Um, so I guess the way that originally we started this, you know, it, it was part of the national qualification system. Um, in the previous year, so in in 2017, we released um, about 50 positions um, in the incident command system world. So uh, a lot of them were focused on incident manage management teams. So again, in that incident management world, you know, a lot of the names will look familiar for those folks you have, you know, your operations section chief, incident commander, planning section chief. And we have, you know, these, uh, the, the job titles, position descriptions that tell you what sort of training you need, what sort of experience. Um, and then a position task book that, you know, allows you to demonstrate it. Here are these tasks. If this is, you know, the minimum requirements for a for a, an operation section chief type three. Well, that said, uh, you know, the ICS world is pretty, pretty well established, um, pretty well, uh, you know, has been since the beginning of NIMS and well, well before NIMS um, and has these established, you know, scalable, flexible setup sort of um, organizations. EOCs, you know, with the thousands of them around the country, they, they don't fit that neat sort of um, that neat sort of box. Right. There's a, a resource unit leader could be something completely different in Louisville, Kentucky, as it is, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so what uh, the idea that came out of this, and it, it was something really new, at least at FEMA at the time, I'm sure it probably wasn't new out in the community, but was breaking this up, uh, you know, into skill sets. So kind of getting that one level down, right? So, you know, you say, I want a resource unit leader, I want to call them that, but then what do they do? What skills do they need to bring to the table? Um, and then taking that, you know, across all the functions, or at least, you know, a good majority of like the EOCs, you know, interviewing these practitioners, sort of what their EOC did, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, information technology maintenance, um, re again, resources, a big piece, you know, there's a lot of resource management, resource tracking, resource ordering, um, you know, in the logistics side of things. Um, and then kind of uh, uh, boiling that down to like, okay, so here are those different um, skills that are needed. And then what does that look like? Are you kind of creating the skill sets or almost a little miniature PTB of, you know, you, you have it for 20 different skill sets across that spectrum um, and basically creates a plug and play um, sort of uh, position task book. So, you know, you can say, I want, I have a planning section chief in my emergency operations center. Um, so you can look at the, you know, there is a leadership skill set. It's like, obviously they're going to need leadership. 
um, to be uh, to be that planner, uh, to, to be that section chief, to be that lead. Uh, they uh, they need to have the uh, the planning skill set. So obviously, with the NISA name implies, need that planning skill set. But also in plans, you also do a lot of the resource management, um, as well as perhaps you know some of that uh, the uh, information technology, the IT piece. So that um, you could put those four skill sets together, and then that creates your um, your PTB for your planning section chief in your jurisdiction. And that's really that again. That was that was one of the things that actually went first things that came out as part of the toolkit that came out in 2018. So about a year after that uh, that NIMS refresh. All right. So we've got the people, and we've got the design aspects of things, but. If COVID has taught us anything, um, it's that we need to be nimble, right? And sometimes our environment changes. So talk to me about this update and how it's addressing, um, you know, a lot of the things we've learned over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. So this guide was originally released um, in August 2021, um, and it had kind of taken, you know, we were we were getting towards the those finishing um, touches in, in, you know, that early 2020 timeframe. And then, of course, like everything else, we were, you know, we, we were 2020, right? So a lot of that development kind of took a bit of a backseat, kind of slowed down as folks were, you know, um, uh, responding in real time. Um, so once we were finally able to get it out for release, able to, you know, get it through the concurrence process, get some updates needed and needed to be uh, at the tail end of summer 2021, uh, well, as you may remember, you know, that's still right in the middle of pandemic, right? But sort of one of those, you know, I guess sort of a slower sort of time, right? That's sort of into summer, um, you know, you're not the early days of 2020 anymore. There's a little bit of time. So some of that immediate feedback is exactly like you said, Mark, the, um, yeah, we, we, great. We have these EOCs, right? These physical locations that, you know, some of us have spent, you know, millions of dollars on, but we can't go there, right? Our, our policies say, no, we can't, we can't gather 50, 60 people in a room that are all sitting right next to each other, you know, for 12, 13, 14, 15 hours at a time. So they had to do it virtually, you know. So, you know, obviously us at FEMA, we did the same thing, right? Here we are today talking on Teams, Microsoft Teams. So one of the big things, you know, that, that came out of that. Well, what we did is went to that sim that same the working group that had helped us, you know, get that, get those the final touches on that original guide, um, you know, through the through that early, the early 2021. Um, and brought them back and said, well, hey, you know, what what are you guys seeing right now, you know, in the virtual realm? Like how how are you, how are your EOCs functioning um, you know, when you can't get together, when you can't, when you can't sit next to one another and you can just you can go grab the public health service guy, you know, over here and say, hey, we need this and, and you can talk. No, you've got to find him, right? So what we did is collected that feedback, what they were doing in, in really in near real time. You know, a lot of this is like, hey, these were this is what happened in those early days. You know, of 2020 is everybody was kind of scrambling. And then it was, again, you know, as it's kind of calming down, you know, again, that sort of valley there in 2021, the, the end of the summer there, they were able to kind of breathe and say, well, hey, yeah, this is what's still working. You know, we, we've had even a year of testing this stuff to see how it works. You know, it, it, it was kind of, you know, hair on fire trying to get it set up, at the, you know, in those early days. But now here it is and here's what's working. So we captured a lot of those good um a lot of again that near real time feedback, you know, that they were real time had been testing, were continuing to test, um, and captured a lot of those bad uh, uh, best practices um, into the guide. That there there isn't um, there isn't a whole lot of uh, of major changes to the text. You know, an EOC is still an EOC, you know, regardless of whether it's you know smack in the middle of downtown or it exists, you know, just on Teams and in, in the minds and hearts of all of your your EOC folks. 
So, um, so it's uh, really just kind of putting in those best practices that we captured from folks uh, from all over. Um, th that working group was, you know, from from folks here with FEMA um, across at the HHS. Uh, we also had a lot of states involved, a lot of uh, local uh, local emergency management folks, um, folks at different regions. Um, and you had mentioned it um, at the beginning, Mark, the, the National um, Alliance for Public Safety uh, GIS, which had been one of our big partners um, in the in the technology world um, for for a long time, helped us really kind of focus um, and moderate that. So it was great to capture that that information. I mean, that's a lot. And for the emergency management practitioners out there, I'm sure this uh, sort of like quick reference guide is going to be much appreciated as they as they stand up a EOC or as they look to maybe um, maybe rebuild one or renovate one. Um, but I think you mentioned this on the at the top of this conversation. It is 99 pages long, right? So um, it may not be the common sense of uh, of quick, but it's comprehensive. And so uh, you know what tools are in there so that you know. Um, you can achieve that quick reference so that people can find the information they need. Right. So, you know, as I mentioned, it kind of, it, it breaks it off, you know, into those uh, initially those you know, phases I had mentioned, the sort of, uh, uh, of uh, the EOC, right? So that uh, setup, operation, maintenance, and deactivation. But it actually, it gets kind of, you know, even further into that kind of, you know, it, it looks at wherever you are, you know, with your EOC, like you said, are you just starting out? Um, have you been around forever or are you still saying, hey, what is an EOC? Uh, what does it stand for? So what one of the really most helpful tools is in um, the appendices, um, or excuse me, the annexes, um, is an assessment tool. Um, it, uh, it really, it's a, it's, a, it's a lengthy, very, um, I mean, it can be lengthy, but it is it's very in-depth, I guess is the word, rather than lengthy. It, it is long, but only because it is in-depth. Um, really kind of digging into, um, you know, down down to the weeds. Um, what it is, uh, you know, what it is you need to do. So, so, you know, it starts out very kind of vague, um, sort of broad strokes, like, so what type of structure, right? Um, even A, do you want to have a structure? Or do you, are you going to have a virtual EOC that, you know, is sort of ad hoc and stands up as need be? You, you don't, you don't want to spend, you know, the time or, or the, the the budget, you know, to, to develop a physical space. You want to do it in the virtual world. So again, starts there with that type of structure. Then it really, really dives into the, um, you know, to those, the, the nuts and bolts starting into, you know, if you're going to have a physical site, determining where that site will be. Um, you know, it, you need it, obviously, if, if you've got, you know, your, if you, uh, a lot of your, you know, downtown is prone to flooding, the chances are you probably don't want your emergency operations center down there, you know, where somewhere where it's going to flood. So you're going to have to find a, a, a suitable site. Um, what sort of capabilities are you going to need in there, right? So you're going to have you're going to have 20, 30 folks come in, um, you know, you're going to need some information technology, right? Whether that's, you know, telephones, um, the, those computers, that sort of hard line, you know, for setting up the, the internet connections, things like that, as well as, you know, simply just the, the you know, your communications, everything around the room. Uh, it goes into even just the room design, um, then getting into that data management. So, you know, the cybersecurity piece, right? There's a lot of data, you know, in everything we do today. Uh, data is created, whether, you know, it's virtual or not, um, you know, and that data has to be stored, especially, you know, in something like an incident or a, a when during an emergency, a lot of it, you know, is going to need to be, you know, stored for historical purposes, right? So, um, you know, how, how to manage that data. So there's some practices there to take into account, um, as well as in getting down to the personnel piece, right? So the management of the EOC. So who do you, who do you, uh, may you need as a, as an EOC manager, who would be the best fit? And then also who might their leadership team be, right? Whether that's their section chiefs, 
um, different, you know, leads like that, emergency function leads, things like that. And then it even talks about putting it all together. You know, once you've got this list, um, you've got it, what you want it to look like, you know, how to do some exercises and some training with your folks, you know, before, you know, before that incident happens to be able to get everybody understanding, you know, this is what the EOC is. This is, you know, hey, even, hey, this is where you're going to sit during an emergency. This is your computer. This is how you sign in. Um, you know, this is the, this is um, uh, you know, making sure, you know, that the, the different cybersecurity practices, uh, things like that, you know, before a, uh, before an incident. So what it does as well is it, there's a lot of connections um, in those annexes. That's really, you know, a good to that, that meat of that assessment tool. There's also a lot of connections out to, um, to other guidance um, from FEMA um, as well as, you know, including like the community lifelines um, guidance um, and other NIMS guidance as well, like the national qualification system um, and things like that. I mean, it's really comprehensive. I think it even makes a reference to parking. Yes. Uh, which yes. I think is a, a critical part, um, you know, of getting everybody into the, uh, the location. Um, the other thing I noticed was, uh, even though this is is seeking to address the aspect of going virtual, um, you know, maybe versus just a physical location, I, I, I noticed um, a, a discussion in it about alternate sites. And even if you aren't fully virtual, there's still a need to have sort of an element of virtual, you know, sort of connect connection mm -hmm. between uh, maybe an alternate site that you may have to maybe devolve to. Mm -hmm. um, which I thought is a really interesting, um, you know, component to the EOC discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's something again, you know, mentioning if it's, you know, if you're already past that point, it's like, Hey, our EOC, that building is already downtown, you know, where, where that flooding happens, you know, quite often then, you know, yeah, you're going to need a, another space to be able to get to, right. Like whether that's out of the, out of downtown, you know, even it's a, I have seen, from personal experience out in um, when I was I was in the Coast Guard out in the, the Western Rivers, um, uh, some of the some of the, uh, the the local EOCs there actually had like a regional EOC out on this you know uh, for for out in the the Midwest a pretty large hill um, out there um, to uh, you know as a as a sort of alternate site where they would they would you know those uh, continuity operations at Coop be able to you know go there. If there were uh, EOC issues, you know, in town, so no, absolutely, that's you know, it's kind of that continuing to, that sort of you know, the, the cascading effects planning, right? It's like, okay, well, we've got this EOC, great, but what happens when the EOC goes down? We've got to have that backup. So, yeah, and that was actually one of the big things too, you know, that the the real time lesson learned of COVID, right? Like we we cannot physically use our physical location, we we cannot go in there. Like the county says, no, we can't. The public health says, no, you cannot you cannot go in there, you know, and so again, sit, you know in this small room for, for 16 hours a day. Um, so, you know, you, you can, again, sort of devolve to that, uh, that virtual piece as well. Okay. Well, if I can put you on the spot, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of different EOCs and there's a lot of different design, whether it's, uh, in a pod formation or in a, in a, in the round formation, are you going to settle the debate? What's the better one? Oh boy. No, not me. Um, we, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, Mark, like that's, they kind of have jokingly that that's honestly where a lot of this discussion started, right? You know, is that even beyond um, you know, the the setup, but if the, you know, what uh how does your how do you organize your um, you know, the EOC, the 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 organization, right? So you have that sort of straight ICS, right? Where you've got the you've got your four sections and they all follow pretty close, you know, to those ICS. Um, do you have a uh, um uh, emergency functions? 
uh, you know, sort of set up, right? Where you've got your logistics, you've got some planners helping with the resource management, and that big operations, you know, quote unquote operation sections is all of your, you know, your public serve, um, public safety, you know, your fire, EMS, things like that, um, you know, where you bring in, it's it's organized basically, you know, like your like you know your your county would be. So that that actually that started um, the original NIMS original sort of versions of NIMS really kind of tried to put you know paint one picture of an EOC right, and that was a lot of the feedback it was like no 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 you know it is not at all. So yeah, to even go down that I'm I'm not going to touch that one, Mark. That's uh you're not going to hear anybody at the Nick tell you anything uh, one good way or the other. <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean, and I think it really just comes down to uh, however the design is built that people are trained and and familiar with. With how those uh how, how that structure is working right that's exactly it and yeah talking about you know that the training and exercises right so you know you could have again you know go back somebody at the the public health department right they they could never have seen the eoc before you know even maybe they've been there two three years um they they you know see it somewhere on their position description say hey i'm you know i'll go in the eoc if it you know, if they ever uh, activate it and they need the public health department, but they show up and they, they don't even know where they sit, right? They don't know who they work for, where they fit in that organization. So absolutely that, that, that training and even, you know, the, the, even a simple, you know, tabletop exercise of getting everybody together, you know, could even do it on teams or zoom saying, Hey, you know, this is what it looks like. This is where you sit. This is going to be, you know, your, this will be your direct supervisor. These are your direct reports. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, that's the big thing. And, emergency management anyway, right? Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's the, the wrong time to meet somebody and be working at is when the disaster happens, right? It's getting to know those folks beforehand. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of that, you know, obviously you've had a lot of great conversations leading up to the, the drafting and then the, um, the rollout of this, of this update. Um, you know, has any of that led to uh, maybe the next step for the National Integration Center? Uh, what do you have in store for maybe future EOC guidance? Yeah, so our next uh, next step that we've actually just kicked off the project, um, this sort of late fall, scoping this out, um, is, is really crosswalking the uh, all of those uh, those the current twenty EOC skill sets with this EOC how to quick reference guide. So, um, you know, just making sure that there's you know as it's it's been about four years since those skill sets were um, were released, and again a lot of a lot of water under the bridge since in those four years. Um, so making sure you know that everything kind of uh, it still matches up right with our guidance that we put in this quick uh, quick reference guide, and then also just taking um you know taking a more general look at it too right like have have these are these are we still do we have the right amount of skill sets you know are there some skill sets that maybe we could change do we need to add some new skill sets um, things like that so really kind of uh, the big sort of next next step moving into this next year. Um, is again, you know, crosswalking everything with our how-to uh, uh, how-to quick reference guide, and then um, getting making sure those skill sets still still meet the needs of the community. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, where can emergency management practitioners uh, and those that are interested in in sort of setting up an EOC or learning more, uh, where can they find the guide? And then, um, you, you know, are you doing anything to uh, conduct any outreach or education on it? Yeah, absolutely. So all of our um, all of our guidance is um, is available on um, the the FEMA.gov's website. Um, I, I could certainly um, uh, I could kind of describe where it is uh, if you'd like, but certainly what I think the best way for folks to be able um, you know if, if you can't find it on FEMA.gov um, is to contact us um, our NIMS implementation branch at our um, our shared inbox. Um, so that is FEMA 
spelled F-E-M-A dash NIMS, N-I-M-S, at FEMA.dhs.gov. So that is our main inbox. And if you've ever been in any of the webinars out of the national, um, out, of, out of the NIMS implementation branch, um, you, you will have, uh, have heard that um, several times. Um, and if you have any contacts at your FEMA region, if you do forget that email, um, just reach out to them and they will certainly be able to get in contact with us there. Um, as far as uh, as the different outreach, we we certainly do continue outreach. Um, we uh, we have uh, what we call our implementation support team that is really directly that is their job is really to support well support NIMS implementation. You know whether that's from the national qualification system through you know through uh, EOCs, which has been actually a really uh, hot topic over the past couple of years. They've actually put on um, in, in coordination with some of our FEMA regions um, big you know two three day um, uh, sort of virtual hybrid, right? Sort of virtual and in-person EOC uh, uh, workshops, talking, you know, about the, about the different guidance that's out there. Um, and, you know, uh, working with different jurisdictions, you know, specifically on even some of their plans, you know, uh, or their, you know, how to uh, what what it is they're looking to do. Um, but beyond that, it could simply be just, you know, a quick email. If it's something you have a question, looking for something, we we monitor that email uh, inbox every workday, um, several times a day. Make sure that it gets out to the uh, to the right folks. Um, that implementation support team can set up a call. You know, if that's something easy, just a quick phone call or you know something on Teams on Zoom. Um, we go to uh, we what we've really kind of honed in over the past couple of years is is our virtual meetings, um, where you know we've got a couple of Zoom licenses. We can set it up. Um, if you have a bunch of folks, you know, from from your jurisdiction or organization that want to attend. And uh, we can talk about uh, talk about this guide. Talk talk about anything you'd like in the NIMS world. Happy to help with that. Those can be you know as informal or formal as you'd like with those. Thanks for listening to this episode of Before, During, and After, a podcast from FEMA. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, or have ideas for future episodes, visit us at fema.gov/podcast. Thank you.